Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. You don't always have to like him. But you have to respect him. The Roy Green Show continues. The Roy Green Show continues on the Chorus Radio Network. Sunday edition of the Roy Green Show on this uh, 19th day of November, which proves only that I can marginally understand a calendar. Next hour, we're going to be speaking with uh, Anthony Hanemeyer. I, I, you know, I remember, his, I remember his name, and I remember story, but not, as in, not with as much detail as, as I do now. I mean, a few years ago, I'd, I'd read about Mr. Hanemeyer, but uh, he was charged in the Toronto area with sexually assaulting a 15-year-old in her bedroom. Didn't do it, but he was charged. And then uh, a plea bargain was proposed, and it became more the case of it being pushed on him. And he thought there was some logic to it, even though he hadn't committed any crimes, so he accepted the plea bargain and went to prison. And it's not pleasant in prison if you're... uh, sexual assaulter of kids, which he wasn't. Anyway, he's out now. He's going to be joining us uh, in the next hour, and we're going to be talking about his his situation and the individual who did commit the sexual assault on the 15-year-old was Paul Bernardo. It's, uh, It's quite a story. What rights should mom and dad have to know about the decisions their kids make. What rights? 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, certainly 50 years ago, you wouldn't have asked that question. It would have been inconceivable to ask that question. I know, it's all progress. Everybody's happier. Everybody's better off. Everybody's doing better. Moms are not at home anymore, you know, taking care of the kids. Oh, that's antiquated, that's prehistoric, that's Fred Flintstone world. But um, stuff is going on. Things are changing. And it was probably 15, 15 years ago, something like 15 years ago, that we had a series of programs when the show was airing only in Ontario, my, my Monday to Friday show at the time, a series of programs that had people just absolutely up in arms. And the, the issue was a 12-year-old girl could be pregnant and opt for an abortion without her parents being informed. If the 12-year-old child was pregnant and she didn't want her parents informed, then the parents would not be informed. And the, the whole argument for the first <laughs> the first couple of days, I remember, people would call and be so upset about that particular piece of legislation, and rightly so. But then I said, well, wh- what about any sort of concern that a 12-year-old is pregnant? Anyway, the parents were not allowed to know if the child didn't want the parents to know. And it would, what 12-year-old child would want parents to know? They, they need the parents' support, but they don't want the parents to know. And so they weren't allowed, and that's the law. 
wasn't the law just 15 years ago, it's the law now. It's not just the law in the province of Ontario. I believe it's national. Now, I've done some as much checking as I, as I could on this, and it's certainly multi-provincial. So that's one. And then uh, this past week in Alberta, new legislation was passed, pushed through by the NDP government, which allows students in schools to join gay-straight alliances without their parents being informed. And one of the vocalized concerns was that children may be stigmatized at home. Really? Seriously? Can't trust those parents, huh? The children would be stigmatized at home. So the, so the, the reflexive response is, mom and dad are not going to love their child. No, they're going to judge their child. And I know what's going to be said is, no, no, we, we, we mean that some of them might. Bullocks. You know exactly what you're saying. And mother and dad, mom and dad, are being taken out of the picture. And you're allowing it to happen. Now, I don't understand why you're allowing it to happen. Because they're your kids. And somebody said to me, well, look, parents drop their kids off at the daycare when the child's a year or two old. So they really don't care about the children as much as parents did 40 or 50 years ago. I know, you're, I know the short hairs on the back of your neck are standing up. That was a position taken by somebody talking to me about this. I don't know if that has validity. We'll open the phone line shortly. Scott Taylor is with me, Vancouver family lawyer, one of the best in the business, <laughs> and a good friend of mine. <laughs> oh, thank you, Roy. Nice to, uh, nice to be back. Well, it's great to have you back, and I, I always go to you. You're my go-to person <laughs> for the issues that are legally important, but also have a, a, human, com- a human component. Well, goes thank along you, with Roy, it. and... and <laughs> Your first comment about the outrage that parents felt a number of years ago with with a twelve year old girl who was who was um, pregnant, I, I have to say, and it is national, by the way, just so that people aren't surprised by this. But in every province in Canada, with two exceptions, and that's Quebec and New Brunswick, there is no minimum age required for a child to talk to his or her physician and totally within the discretion of the physician, without any information or consent required of the parents, can make a decision that they believe is in this particular child's best interests. Now, I don't know about you, Roy, but in five minutes in my doctor's office, it's probably a challenge for any doctor to decide what's in anyone's best interests on the basis of a visit of five minutes or less. Because they're thinking, with no disrespect to the doctors, they're already thinking about the next appointment, as they were thinking about yours with the past appointment. <laughs> well, but... And, and, no, you can't do it, it in five minutes. No, no, and the irony is, it, they have to decide, you know, this puts a lot of pressure on the physician, you know, right. to, de- to make a decision that they believe is in this child's best interests when, and again, that puts a lot of pressure on doctors, and doctors can't, like, they are restricted from even calling the parents or talking to the parents about this procedure yeah. without the consent of the 12-year-old, of, of the child. It, 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 and it's one of these, like military intelligence, it's one of these oxymorons. In B.C., they're called mature minors. 
Oh. That's what they're called. They're called mature minors. But they're not, but, Scott. They're not mature minors until something proves their immaturity. Well, and and you know what? By then, right? It may be too late. But we have we have laws to prevent children from driving before the age of sixteen. We right. don't allow children to drink or smoke before the age of majority. They don't enter the adult justice system until they reach eighteen, and they in here in BC they can't get married. And if you're under 19, you can't get married in B.C. without the consent of your parents. So with all these laws in place, we still say, you know what? At any age, you can come in, see a doctor, get a procedure, and your parents don't have to know. And I, I just think, I think, Roy, it's, a, it's an insult. It shows disrespect to parents. And I, I think it's, uh, and I think uh, because a lot of it is, is not known to people. Yeah. To parents. Yeah. No, it's, it marginalizes the family unit yeah. as well. And I recall when this particular piece of legislation was passed in Ontario, it was the Child Service Protection Act, something like that, by the Bob Ray government. Uh, if a child wanted an abortion, 12-year-old, and the 12-year-old went to see the family doctor, and the family doctor decided it was not in the child's best interest— the child could then call for uh, – it, it was something like a family interventionist. Yeah. And that person would then go to the doctor's office and represent the child's interests in the conversation with the doctor. <laughs> and God forbid the parents would get involved because they'd have to get another child <laughs> representative in. I'm not making that up. Yeah. Well, and, and what strikes me as surprising is that if, if you're a child – and the first doctor doesn't give you the decision you're looking for, then find one that will. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. I mean, I don't think there may not even be a need to find someone representing the child. But it it, it gets back to respect for the parents. See, I, I I believe as you do that that the parents should be the ultimate support for the child. And if the child is going through stressful times, requiring medical care, medical support. Whatever it is, then the child, the best interest of the child is best served within the family. And, and that's the part that, you know, the authorities are just finding a way to intervene. And, of course, if the child does go off the rails at some point, huh, who gets the blame? Mom and Dad. Well, of course they do. Yeah, of course they do. That, that, that's ultimately their responsibility. But they're not giving, they're, they're, they're given their responsibility but not the authority. Oops. And this is, this is what is so... I believe it's outrageous. Scott, hold on, please. We'll come back with Scott Taylor, family lawyer in Vancouver. Really, um, he's one of the best. And, and we, we, when we talk to Scott, we, we deal with issues that are, have a lot of human component in it. Remember the, uh, there was the, the uh, child in First Nations Reserve in Ontario, and her parents didn't want a certain procedure carried out. It was, I think she had multiple myeloma, I'm not sure anymore. But the parents didn't want the uh, McMaster Children's Hospital to carry out chemotherapy. And uh, that was going back and forth in, in court. And we had the the chief of the, uh, of the uh, First Nations band on the program twice and talking about it. And then Scott was, was on, uh, I believe, with the chief. And it was uh, tremendously uh, engaging program and issue, because again, parents were involved. Now, when we come back, what's happened in Alberta with uh, Bill 24 and where parents stand on that, 
And then after we're through talking about these issues, we're going to open up the phone lines to mom and dad and the kids and the doctors and the politicians. We're there for everyone. We'll come back on The Green Show. Stay with us. Roy won't take no or no comment sitting down. This is The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. I'm on Twitter at The Roy Green Show, at The Roy Green Show, and emails to Roy at RoyGreenShow.com. We're on Facebook, and you can download, listen back to anything we air on the podcasts on The Roy Green Show page on the website of the Chorus Radio Station you're listening to. Talking about kids and parents and the uh, legal disconnect that exists between kids and parents because politicians have decided that parents can't be trusted for their own children. And it's just uh, a fundamental societal development. It's the, the rule of the progressives. That's the way they see things. What 12-year-old child is emotionally equipped to deal with a pregnancy and an abortion and without a parent's life experience and love and support to lean on? That's a hypothetical question. I don't want you calling me about that yet. Um, Scott, in, uh, Scott Taylor, um, family lawyer in Vancouver, in Alberta, Bill 24 forces all schools to permit gay-straight alliances to be formed, and teachers at school and school administrators may not inform parents their child has joined a gay-straight alliance unless the child is at risk of harm. And one of the main reasons parents are permitted to know is that the NDP government worries that the child or children who may join a gay-straight alliance may be subjected to harassment at home. So another example of parents under immediate suspicion. So if you were representing... And there are parents who are going to challenge this legislation or are going to yeah. appeal it. Uh, if you're representing them, what's the argument? Well, you know, we're talking about the best interest test, and that should always be the, the predominant test in any decisions involving our children. You know, firstly, I believe a child should be entitled to join any group they want. But the part that I find most disturbing about this is the fact that and again, we're not talking about teachers phoning, phoning up parents and, and reporting that a child has joined a gay-straight alliance. That's not, I don't believe that's not what we're talking no, about. No, no, that's not what we're talking but we're, about. But we're saying if a parent contacts uh, a school official or asks a question of a school official about this, the school official is prohibited from talking about this. Like, it's a... I, I mean, <laughs> that's the part that I find why are authorities putting themselves in this position. You know, this is a situation like all these others that we're talking about where we want dialogue between children and parents. That's, I, whether, whether, and you know, that dialogue, Roy, as a parent, that dialogue is sometimes <laughs> very difficult and very, very challenging. But whether it's positive or negative, dialogue is better than stifling dialogue. And that's what authorities seemed to do. They get in, they muss things up, they stifle it, and then if anything bad happens, they scurry away. Do you know, and, but and now, I, Scott, now, par- parent-teacher night probably is going to consist of the parents and the teachers comparing what TV shows they watch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, it, well yeah. They're not allowed to talk about the kids anymore. 
No, that, that's right. That, that, that's absolutely right. Um, and, and this it makes a mockery of, of what parents, uh, of the, the mandate of parents in today's society uh, is being undermined by these rules, these, these ridiculous rules, and yet we continue down that path, Roy. And, but we, and so yeah, we allow it to happen. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> we allow it. Right. We say, the okay, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, you must be right, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Nobody, and again, this particular law, as you indicated, apparently will be will be challenged. It'll be interesting to see what happens as a result. But in the meantime, uh, it's it's going. I believe it's passed, or it's about to pass. It's passed. It's passed, and, yeah. and and so these parents, if you know, if they can't be informed, they can't be advised, they can't be part of the dialogue, and I think that's a shame. I think I think Roy. The strongest support for any child, whether it's a medical issue, whether it's a lifestyle issue, whether it's a, a, you know, it's a criminal issue, it, it demands, it, it, it screams for the involvement of the parents. Yeah, and you know, Scott, there are, there are people who almost feel the need to apologize if they challenge this kind of legislation. Yeah. Gee, I don't want you to think bad of me. I don't want you to yeah. think that I'm some sort of Neanderthal. I don't want you to think badly. No, it, no just don't even go there. Just okay. tell them the, the legislation is unacceptable to you because you're a parent, and that's the name of that term. If you're, yeah. if you're a parent and, and, and your child's teacher is a family friend, you get together as family friends, is, is, is the child's uh, activities and performance at school just a taboo subject? Can you not talk about that anymore? It's become yeah. really repressive, and it helps no one. Yeah, it, that's true. Right, and, and the biggest shame of all is it helps the child the least of all. Yeah. Mr. Taylor, it's always a pleasure to speak with you, and uh, we will do so continuously. Your, <laughs> like, week, your weekends are no longer yours. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm glad to hear. Likewise, Roy, looking forward to it. All, all right, that. Scott, take good care. Scott you Taylor, family lawyer in Vancouver. He's a good guy. Says what's on his mind. All right, 1-800-263-2428 is my number. 1-800-263-2428. When did you give up your rights as parents? Do you agree that 12-year-olds should have the right to, and not should have, that they do have the right to an abortion without parental knowledge? Let's just leave the fact that they got pregnant out of it. Do you as a parent have the right to know if your child joined a gay-straight alliance at school. They won't tell you because they think you're going to be mean to your child. When did you give up the rights to, to, to be a parent? And have you had an encounter with this kind of situation where you, the parent, have been um, marginalized in something that involves your kids? 800-263-2428.